0: Hello and welcome back to Slower Travel, I'm Ian. This week's show is the final instalment of our daft bus trip from Macclesfield to Hollyhead and if this is your first time, our is me and my mate Luke who, I think it'd be fair to say, didn't quite anticipate how gruelling it'd be in places. That said, our day ticket only cost us £5.75 each, which is still a fantastic bargain. Today's episode is all about the X4 slash 4R from Bangor to Holyhead. We left the previous part as we reached Bangor's dinky bus station with around 20 minutes to kill, which was our longest scheduled layover of the entire day, which is a bit of a flaw, really, with uh, this uh, <laughs> slower travel kind of stuff, really. There is something that I kept from you, though. There's mention of tomorrow's adventure about halfway through this episode, and that's because we went and did it all again the following day. We went all the way from Holyhead to Aberystwyth via Amluch, Bangor, Carnarvon, Pulle... Oh, I, can't, I can I used to live there, and I can't pronounce it. Pullele, Pothmaduk, Barmouth, and Dolgellai. Off the top of my head, I think that one was £5.50 each, so bargains all round. Now, me... Grand idea with all this was to write a book about it, not just Macclesfield to Hollyhead and Hollyhead to Aberystwyth, but seeing how far we could go on day tickets across the country. There was Manchester to Scarborough, Margate to Brighton, Plymouth to Penzance off the top of my head and a load more. Truth be told though, I think it might have been a bit of a fool's errand and I'm still only halfway through writing up day two of the Welsh trip, but if I do ever finish that I'll make sure to record it for the podcast and it'll be there for posterity anyway here we go with the concluding part of the Mac to Holyhead Bus Odyssey get yourself comfy or at least comfier than me and Luke were on the X4 4R from Bangor and uh, yeah we'll get cracking see you in a minute slower travel Daco UK. Long story short, writes about travelling around the UK on local buses, which I admit is a bit of a niche hobby. I don't know, that sounds pretty cool to me. it's lower travel Daco UK? Twenty minutes, what luxury. We celebrate this rare opportunity to work up a sweat by walking part way up the longest high street in Wales it's a fraction under a mile and gathering sugary supplies for the final leg of today's excursion. We're in that liminal hour between afternoon and evening. The shops all still have workers manning the tills but there's scant footfall. Although Bangor is a city, it's one of the UK's smallest. Of its 20,000 or so residents Half a university students occupying the upland area between the centre and the Menai Strait, and they're gone for the summer. Is this definitely the last bus? Luke asks as we return to the station, a furrow folding on his forehead as the X4 rolls in alongside us. It's been nine hours since we caught the number 38 back in Macclesfield, and fatigue is creeping in for both of us. Yeah, don't worry, I reply, it'll only take an hour and a bit, underselling the bit part, which stretches out to almost an extra 30 minutes. We're joined on board by a pair of septuagenarian men, odds-on to be Pink Floyd fans, their lank grey manes tumbling past their shoulders, despite Mother Nature's gentle reminders about receding hairlines. There's also a trio of college kids behind us, two girls and a flamboyant lad, They pepper the undulating route out of Bangor with salacious gossip about teachers and fellow students. I'm like literally shook, one girl says when hearing about what a couple of her classmates have been doing around the back of the sports hall. And to be fair, it was quite shocking. The traffic on the expressway funnels into single file as we approach the Britannia Bridge. Fire damaged the original Robert Stevenson Rail Crossing beyond repair in 1970, but it was reborn to carry trains along its old course, with a new road thundering above it. The sights from its platform are outrageous. The slinky Menai Strait twinkles from rich azure to tropical sapphire via piercing white hot spots, the breeze blowing a distinctive saltiness through our open windows. Gwynedd's wooded coastline frames it to the south, opposite Anglesey's his lilting shore, where a statue of Admiral Nelson keeps watch over the tempestuous, whirlpool-infested waters. A glance right shows Thomas Telford's elegant Menai Suspension Bridge, which, depending on whether the tide's rushing in or out, is either a mile upstream or down. The Britannia Bridge is attractive enough, but Telford's design has that instantly recognisable necklace silhouette. It's in the same bracket as Tower Bridge and those emblematic spans over the Humber, Forth, and Tyne. If it wasn't for maintenance work sending us on a detour, we'd have crossed it today, squeezing between its narrow stone archways but missing out on the more striking views. The X4 pops into the small town of Menai Bridge for a quick twirl before doubling back to Llanfairpullgwyngill. Not content with already being the longest place name in the UK at 20 characters, an anonymous Victorian tailor, almost as industrious as Telford Stevenson, Brunel et al, appended a scattering of extra letters onto the end to fabricate Llanfairpullgwyngill. Wind dropples. Sand, sand via pushwingith go gerrick. Sand via go Wind dropples. lancilio ah Sand via pushwingith go Wind dropples. lancilio Go 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 Ah! Sand via go Wind dropples. lancilio Go go go. Come on! <laughs> hey, I'm I'm well chuffed with that. Anyway, uh, somehow, this 58-character version stuck, and what started as a peculiar publicity stunt still draws the punters in generations later. Not that its attractions will overwhelm. Beyond the jumbo station sign, there's an outlet store with a gaudy illuminated porch, a co-op supermarket that plumps for the unabridged village name, and by an octagonal former toll booth, a corrugated Women's Institute hut. It's not just any WI hut though, this is where Britain's first WI gathered back in 1915, thanks to the efforts of a Canadian émigré, Madge Watt. Aside from its white sand beaches, Anglesey's scenery can't match that of the mainland. As Wales' is defensive front line against the winds whipping up off the Irish Sea. Its trees are squat, its farmland gentle, the drama distant. A lap of an isolated science park gives us a preview of tomorrow's expedition, with Snowdonia's ominous outline on the horizon and the three triangular peaks of Yr'iwal signalling the gateway to the Heen Peninsula. Another mountain, straight ahead, must be an extinct volcano. Its bare leeward slopes show a collapsed caldera, a a concave death star. You can see how legends are born. How couldn't they be? Much to my earwigging disappointment, it's just me, Luke and one of the old rockers left of the original passengers by time we hit Llangevny, where the bus changes number to the 4R. Llangevny is the heart of Welsh culture on the island, with over 80% of its residents speaking Cymraeg, a higher percentage than any town in the country other than Carnarvon. A procession of people take the seats, including a man with a fuzzy beard studying the pages inside a red folder. What's that you've got there? An older chap who spent much of the afternoon in the pub asks him, stopping short his sway to the back row. It's a script for a play I'm rehearsing, the bearded guy responds. A script, eh? Let me tell you right now. Wine, women and amateur dramatics are a one-way route to hell. I used to tread the boards myself so I should know. Listen up, I can teach you a lot. They switch to cum chucking in fairies, maharajah and basically, among the lone words... As well as what I assume to be a potted history of Shakespearean acting practices. A man in dress, no problem at all, but a woman in a dress, out oh, you succubus! I really should take this moment to apologise to the people of Wales, uh, Anglesey in particular. But it does, they, honestly, they did sound like that. They were quite good impressions. Anglesey's interior isn't flashy. Methodist and non-conformist chapels set the austere tone. They're built from the gloomiest stone available, with none of the decorative embellishments you'd expect of other denominations. There are no steeples, stained glass or iconography here, just sturdy blocks that you'd expect to survive a thermonuclear blast. The slab of a war memorial come clock in Gwalchmai almost revels in its stoicism, while the Spartan housing style is near universal in its application of sun-stealing grey render. There must be a local superstition about dancing thrice around standing stones if you encounter anything that's not monochrome. Our bad takes his bow by a turning for RAF Valley, Prince William's base while he trained as a helicopter rescue pilot, leaving his student to delve back into his lines. Holyhead isn't on Anglesey. Instead, it's across a kilometre-long causeway on Holy Island. In typical bus fashion, rather than heading straight over it, we lurch south to an older crossing at Four Mile Bridge, the Cumberland Strait funneling white water at its narrowest point beneath us. A confab of crows hangs out on telegraph wires, a graphic t-shirt waiting to happen as the 4R follows the tarmac around to the cute cove of Triartha Bay. From here, we head over the hill and into Hollyhead. It's almost 6.30pm, ten and a half hours since we took photos of the Ian Curtis mural. We're at the end of the road. From personal experience, I know towns at the extremities can be a bit odd. I lived in Penzance for a year, my dad had a spell-up in Thurzob. Add would Hollyhead being a port into the mix, and this could turn combustible, even on a Monday night. On the short walk beside the railway tracks to our hotel, we passed three women, one hobbling barefoot in a fluffy pink pyjamas. Kids throw bangers at each other outside a community centre. Boy racers, hair after each other in their souped-up hatchbacks. We check into our lodgings alongside half a dozen squaddies and receive a tip-off for what the receptionist says is the only pub in town that might still serve food. It doesn't, but the barmaid, a metalhead Amy Winehouse doppelganger, points us to a superb Thai cafe a few doors away that does. The first fight of the night starts as we tuck into our Tom Yum soups. A teenager, also pyjama clad, Drops an ice cream after a staffy jumps to knock it out of a hand into the middle of William Street. A keen seagull swoops down to peck at it, before a few rivals join the fray. But they all disperse twenty seconds later, once Hollyhead Seagull King appears. Almost twice the size of his brethren, complete with a seesaw waddle of a steroid-bashing bodybuilder, he scoops up the entire lolly and takes flight with the wooden stick poking out of its jaws. Across the street, we sink a relaxing jar in the wood-panelled confines of the skerry's pub, reminiscing on the day's events as though they happened years ago. We take our leave during a break in the Darts League match, and walk to another pub. The conviviality of the previous boozer is substituted for a brooding menace. A track-suited quartette of lads, all with identical skin-fade haircuts, bellow profanities to each other across the pool table. An older man, in his fifties and coked off his head, grabs one of them and demands an arm wrestle. He wins with a triumphant, Come on! Arm-wrestling champion of Hollyhead, boys! It, it weren't the same guys earlier, by the way, just had a very similar voice. He tries to cajole the barmaid, no doubt long-suffering, into taking him on. She loses her rag after the third attempt, firing a volley of invective from behind the pumps. "'If you're going to swear at me, at least do it in English,' he says, suitably scolded. We decline his kind invitation to a contest and drain our pints at gas-inducing velocity." An alleyway leading to the chic Celtic gateway bridge grabs our attention. Stainless steel with glinting butterfly wings on its flanks, it leads over the town's Old Harbour into the railway station and foot passenger terminal for the Dublin Ferry. A brace of oyster catchers bob along the water's surface. They're waders, so I've never seen them swimming before perhaps are taking preemptive, evasive action from the two paralytic young men behind us, relieving themselves against the wall of boots. We give them a wide berth as we make our way back to Market Street, but their legs buckle and bend, marionettes for an unseen puppet master who commands that they lurch towards us while hurling obscenities. "'I didn't expect much of Hollyhead,' Luke says once we're safe in a more civilised bar." shielded from the madness by the nightcapping squaddies and pensioners playing dominoes. But I'm still surprised it's this shit. So there you have it, that's the X4 slash 4R from Bangor to Hollyhead ticked off, and our ridiculous Anglo-Welsh bus voyage has come to a close. Thanks very much for giving it a listen and I hope you've enjoyed it. If so, and I've never asked this before, and I promise to only do it sparingly in the future, feel free to leave a review of the podcast, or even better, if you think it'd be up someone else's street, let them know. I've got a few ideas in mind for next week's episode, so click the follow or subscribe button and you'll be the first to know when it goes live. And if you want to drop me a line, by the way, I'm on ian at slowertravel.co.uk. For all those people, by the way, that have asked me when I'm going to do the 192, don't worry, I'm on it uh, most days, actually, but there you go, that's what happens when it's your closest bus, isn't it? Uh, for those outside Manchester who don't know what I'm talking about, the 192 goes from there to Hazel Grove, and it can be a, uh, a bit of an experience, <laughs> shall we say. Anyway, Slower Travel is written, read and held together with bits of string by me, Ian Burke. The music is by Mesita. You can download his entire back catalogue for free over on mesitamusic.com. Thanks very much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time for some more Slower Travel. Bye for now. From Boxing to Sheffield is the best. Slower travel, slower travel. Travel UK is slower travel. UK.